Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to that show. It is The Booth. This is our weekly NFL show. Joining me, as always, we got Richard Reshonsby, Davey O'Doyle. Rich, how are you doing? Not good. And, and you know what? On the flip side of that coin, Dave, how are you doing? As good as it's ever been watching football. Hey, there we go. It was one of the single craziest weeks of NFL football I can remember in a long time. Maybe the craziest week we've had so far this season. Um, and it was the first week of the new year. So NFL is not going to slow down at all. That's what we learned. That's the one thing we know for sure. This league will not stop. And do you know what else won't stop? Is the studs and the duds. And we start off with the studs. Dave, I'm just going to give it to you off the bat here. Stud it up for us. What the Bengals did this week is, <laughs> is, is something that it's almost hard to comprehend, even just being a Canadian and being a fan of the Bengals and listening to people who've been covering the team for two decades, who've been fans for 40 years, who've been around the Cincinnati area, for them to say that the game that we beat the Chiefs last weekend, 34-31, was the most important game in the history of Paul Brown Stadium. That has been said. People said that was their favorite game that they've ever seen at Paul Brown Stadium. The most memorable, the most important. Um, my son is the entire Cincinnati Bengals from top to bottom. Never in the history of the Bengals has this team felt more relevant. Not since the years where they actually made a couple Super Bowls in the 80s. There's been a really long time where <laughs> the, the Bengals have been a, a joke team. There was times, even in my, from my time being a Bengals fan, where you had us winning the AFC North, but you never really had any sort of belief because you had Andy Dalton, unfortunately, for his good and his bad was at the helm. <laughs> this team is different. Right from the top, from, look, the Bengals have been, have been a joke that Mike Brown won't spend money. We don't have an indoor practice stadium. You know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have that, but this season, Zach Taylor got Mike to Mike Brown and said, we need free agents. And this free agency period, we picked up Trey Hendrickson, 14 sacks for us. Cheeto Bay Wuzier, the top AFC cornerback by PFF. Um, I mean, it's hasn't quite paid off because a lot of those guys got hurt, but we got some help on the line. The line's kind of a different story, but then we have the franchise player, Joe Burrow, on the field, who makes all the difference. Burrow to Jamar Chase, a good kicker. Every every piece that's fallen into place has made this Bengals team significant, and that win against the Chiefs proved that we have arrived, and it might just be our time. Um, when when you look at this, this is a, this is a stud for everybody. This is a stud for a guy like Zach Taylor, who was getting all the heat in the world at different points. And he was, I think he was four and 24 and one before this year in his coaching career. And we turned it around. Finally, we won the AFC North. We have Joe Burrow in the last two weeks has led us seven, 971 passing yards, eight touchdowns, 145.6 passer rating while being the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's taken 51 sacks. 
And that's just in the last two weeks. You can say what you want about us beating the Ravens practice roster guys or whatever your excuse is, but that was against a fully healthy Chargers team that Jamar Chase put up 11 for 266, three touchdowns. Joe Burrow, 446 passing yards, four touchdowns, a 148 passer rating. That was against one of the hottest defenses in the NFL, probably what everybody assumed would be the number one seed, the two-time reigning AFC champ, the Chiefs, and we beat them. Our defense went out there, (laughs) tough start to the game. In the second half, we put the clamps on right there, held them to to three points in the second half, gave our offense all the time it needed. You know what I mean? There's, There's not enough things to say about how impressive this turnaround has been to be the very last in the AFC North on the bottom, and now we're the champs. We rule the North now. Um, <laughs> even just things like, hey, third and 27. Do you make third and 27? We do. One-on-one coverage down the sideline. Jamar Chase goes up, gets the ball. <laughs> this team is so different from every, every other team. You know what I mean? There's times where you're optimistic, but you're always skeptical. And this is the first time I can say I'm not skeptical of this team. I trust the way we're going. We are going to be a winning team for a long time in the future. And it starts right from the bottom, from all of our players to the top, to Mike Brown in the middle, Zach Taylor. Uh, it was a monumental win. It, <laughs> Carver, you can attest to this when we were watching that game together. I've never had such a visceral, emotional reaction to a Bengals game. Not one and that time. is true belief. That's true belief and a belief that this team is going somewhere special. It was... Very, very impressive win. Um, hey, hey, AFC North teams to beat the Chiefs. Nice to, nice to, nice to beat the top there. They are definitely uh, a team to look out for in the playoffs, um, especially with the guy at the helm. I think that changes everything. Once the guys in the locker room know that, oh shit, we can win, we can beat anybody. Um, that just, just boosts confidence all around. Rich. I pass it to you, stud, this week. Bit of a broken record on the Booth podcast here because, once again, a stud from one of us is Justin Herbert. Guy had a game, again, 21-31, 237 yards and two touchdowns. The big thing being that second touchdown breaks the record for Chargers passing touchdowns in a single season in his second year. In his second year, and even say, oh, he's got 17 games to do it. Well, he did it in 16 anyway. Broke it in 16 anyway, so that doesn't even matter. Just a a great showing from Herbert again, and it's going to be a lot more great showings going forward too. I'm I'm just going to say, just because I forgot to say it and your thing relates, congratulations, Justin Herbert, stud shit. Burrow also broke the – the Bengals touchdown yeah, and passing yeah. yards record in 16 games against the Chiefs as well. Yep. So, I mean, like in his second season as well. So, that's two young quarterbacks that are taking over the AFC right now. And so, Tua just fucking sucks out of those three, huh? <laughs> hey, but he <laughs> Sorry, throws an Tua. accurate ball. He throws an accurate ball, though. <laughs> Guy throws an absolutely accurate ball. Uh, you got Joe Burrow throwing 4,540 touchdowns. Herbert putting them where he wants to at all times. But, hey. Don't sleep on the lefty. Uh, moving on to my stud this week. It, f- it finally, okay, finally, 
one of my favorite, one of the most exciting players in the league. We have railed on this team and this coach, the coach in particular, all year. And finally, when it doesn't matter whatsoever, they looked like a cohesive unit against one of the worst teams in football, the Seattle Seahawks offense. They finally looked dangerous. They did. They hung 51 points on the Lions. And I know it's the Lions. Hey, that defense is still very much a bad unit. They gave up 29 points to the Lions, not even to Jared Goff, to Tim Boyle. It, um, they are still a broken team in my eyes. So it's weird to put them as a stud, but it's just because we haven't seen Russ cook all year. It seems like, and against the Lions, call it what you want at home. Guy goes 20 of 29, 236 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, a 133 QBR. Awesome. Stud. Then you have a guy, Rashad Penny, first round pick from a couple of years ago. A lot of people are saying he's a bit of a bust. You know, hasn't really done anything. Hasn't popped off like a first round back. Maybe should. Guy goes 25 for 172 touchdowns. Um, the connection to DK. Hey, where the fuck has that been all year? He gets nine targets this game, catches six of them for 63, three touchdowns. I like that. More of that, please. Uh, This offense looked fixed in week 17 at a six and 10 record out of playoff contention. But Hey, you know, better late than never, I guess wrong. I still think Pete Carroll should get fired, but at least that was something. If Russ does leave this season, whoever signs him can, you know, sleep easy knowing, okay, Russ is still in there. You know, he hasn't been completely uh, buried or broken. They can still put up 51 points. And hey, it is the Lions, yeah. But guess what? They're a professional NFL team. They have two wins this year. They have two wins this year. But they have two wins over other professional NFL teams this year. Sorry, Rich. Uh, It is... It was just, it was refreshing to see. Came way too late, but hey, good job, Ross. Maybe a nice send-off for those Seahawks fans who might never see Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in Seattle again. Exactly, exactly. A nice, a nice, hey, thanks for, thanks for putting up with this season. It was terrible. I think that's their last home game too. So I think that literally is a nice little, little send-off there. But unfortunately, there were some terrible performances as well this week. There always is. Um, and Dave, I'm going to give this right back to you. Who do you got? Who was your dud? I, I can profess my love for my number one overall pick quarterback, Joe Burrow, but there's another <laughs> number one overall pick quarterback in the, in the uh, AFC North. And this guy has continued just to show who he really is. And I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to come out and tell you like, Hey man, I'm tough. But like nobody ever questioned that you were tough. You are tough. You played through injuries, but you played through injuries. And let's be honest, you've been playing like dog shit. You don't have the arm to do it. Your decision-making has been atrocious. And last night's game, when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in what was a stinky game to watch, the guy had a 53 quarterback rating, 185 yards total, two touchdowns, two picks. At one point, he threw 10 straight incompletions. And this guy's a first overall pick. I understand what you're trying to prove to people, 
but playing through this injury has literally probably played you out of a job and out of millions of dollars. I know, Hey, people are going to say this and say that, but my actual conspiracy theory that I believe that I called car remember I told you about it. Oh, is yeah. I think Stefanski is intentionally putting the game in Baker's hands so that when he dumps Baker off in this off season, he has film to prove, Hey, Baker is not playing good. He can't carry the load. And that's why he's ignoring Nick Chubb right now. I know it's making people visibly frustrated that they won't give the ball to Chubb, but this is Stefanski's way of proving that Baker Mayfield does not have it and to look good and save himself when he cuts Baker or they don't sign him back whenever in the next off season or in two years or whatever that is. I think that honestly, yeah, you, you, you sent that to me and I, I, Wrote it down. I saved it, you know, just to make sure that we have that because that makes sense. Kevin Stefanski was the coach of the year last year. Clearly the guy can coach. Like he can clearly coach, coach very well. Um, there's no reason. And, and he, correct me if I'm wrong, he came from Minnesota. Was he not the OC there? Yeah. Yeah. And and what does Minnesota have that Cleveland also has? An elite top five running back. He knows that, hey, when your guy's hot, when your guy can't be stopped, you give the guy the rock. The only reason it would make sense to take the ball out of Nick Chubb's hands is either he's injured, he's banged up, or, yeah, you know, hey, I'm going to dump this guy. This is why. You see it now. And that that would just make sense. God, he's, he's bad. It has to – there's something to, to say about you being the leader of the team and having a team that has maybe the best guard-center-guard combo in all of football, a very competent defense, a pretty good secondary, to be honest one of the sack leaders off the edge in Miles Garrett, maybe what, maybe the best running back in football, debatably, with Nick Chubb, and you are the reason that team is not winning games, right? You can't justify for Baker Mayfield anymore. Nope, you cannot. Uh, Rich, I pass this to you. Dud this week. I got to give mine up. To the old fuck on FedEx Way, FedEx Field, the shit box of the NFL. The shit box of the NFL. Let me take you through a little bit of a hit history of FedEx Field here. Ground broke on the stadium on March 13th, 1996. Opened on September 14th, 1997. And it's all gone downhill from there. <laughs> Those last great day. One of the biggest things that stood out as I look at the, the criticisms about, about FedEx Field is between 2010 and 2015, they lowered the capacity of the stadium by about 11,000 due to a lack of interest in coming to the stadium. <laughs> People don't want to go to this thing so badly that they had to decrease the amount of seats. And then it has all come full circle this year with this thing literally falling apart. There's been three separate incidents of water leaks, like around fans, just dripping water and leaking water onto fans. There's been videos come out on Twitter and stuff of the urinals in the stadium bathrooms just leaking. And then it really came full circle 
after this week's game against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts walking to the locker room. All the Eagles fans want to get their picture with Jalen Hurts bending over the railing until the railing decides it's had enough and just fucking snaps. Could you imagine what would happen if that railing or a fan just caught Jalen Hurts in the side of the knee? They would have a right, like, you'd forfeit your first-round pick to them. You'd say, you you just tore our QB's ACL because of your shitty stadium. Fix it. I mean, they have – they're so bad. Just ownership over there is so – we we don't have enough time to get into it, but good God. Yeah, absolute dud for sure. Good on Jalen Hurts writing a letter, kind of an open letter to the NFL and to the Washington football team, just kind of like inquiring to follow up about action being taken against this because this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. This is a pro stadium. This shit shouldn't happen. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm glad everybody's okay, but I would definitely fall out of a fucking second-story window to get a picture of Joe Burrow. Oh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I would fall out of the little stadium thing if it was like, hey, Joe Burrow, is there and you just take a picture with me? I don't know. Say say you're sitting there. You're a diehard Eagles fan. You're a couple steps back, and you see this thing start falling over. You're telling me you don't jump on the back of everybody else and go over with them? I probably find <laughs> the fattest person and ride them down so they get all the impact. And I'm like, oh, I'm so shook. You're Jalen Hurts. Get a picture with me, right? <laughs> that is... I mean, hey, you do what you got to do in life. Um, so you ain't going to notice me any other way unless I unless I unbolt the screws on that railing slowly throughout the game. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, that's – yeah, that might be the move. Hey, good for those fans. Uh, glad everyone's okay, though, for real. But that's yes. – fix your stadium. Um, speaking of things that need to be fixed, maybe the biggest dud in the NFL – and it's just getting worse somehow. The New York football giants. I don't know where to start. Specifically this week, what did the giants do? They took on the Bears. A very, very, very winnable game. And the giants put up three points. Mike Glennon. Went 4 of 11 for 24 yards. They had negative 10 passing yards this game. He threw two picks as well, including sacks. They had negative 10 passing yards. And you're thinking, oh, well, they lost 29 to 3. The Bears just stifled them. Andy Dalton went 18 of 35, which is one incompletion away from 50% for 173 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. No, they weren't on fire. The New York Giants are absolutely pathetic. Since hiring Joe Judge, points per game, 16.6. That rank in the NFL, 32nd. Yards per game, 296. Rank in the NFL, 32nd. Yards per play, 4.8. Rank in the NFL, any guesses? Yup, it's 32nd. Red zone efficiency, 46.2. Within the 20-yard line, 
they are getting points less than half of the time. Rank in the NFL, 32nd. Over the last four weeks, do you know how many points they've put up combined? It's 49. Do you know how many points the Patriots put up yesterday? 50. It, it's unbelievable. Kenny Galladay, their huge free agent acquisition this year. Big old goose egg for touchdowns. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have an O-line. They have a first-round wide receiver that they picked up this year who has incredible playmaking ability that doesn't see the field. He has been banged up. He has been injured. Doesn't get the ball. Oh, remember that generational talent they have at running back? He's become absolutely irrelevant in every facet of football, fantasy, real life, anywhere. He doesn't get used. Joe Judge, it might be the worst coach in the NFL. Joe Judge needs to get fired. This team is an embarrassment to professional sports teams everywhere. I know that people say this and it sounds crazy every single time, but because of how bad Joe Judge is, I genuinely feel like Alabama could come in and kick the dog shit out of him. And that's how bad is that he's making me believe that, which is obviously not true. Collegiate to pro, big gap. But Joe Judge, hey, I'm not going to say figure it the fuck out. I'm going to say get the fuck out, okay? You don't deserve to be a coach. There's 32 jobs in the NFL. You and Matt Nagy, who ironically went off against each other, both of you get in the same bus and go off a cliff because I'm done with watching this shitty fucking product. And I'm not even a Bears or a Giants fan. Good God. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, I don't think any of us seek out watching the Giants, but the fact that, if you're a fan of football to watch this absolute disgrace of offensive role, and then to hear the idiot Dave Gettleman be like, no, we're keeping judge. <laughs> like, oh, hey, dude, awful. Like somehow, somehow Matt Rule with his record, him saying it, we're everything's going everything's working. You just can't see it. Like no one can see it, but it's working. That wasn't even the stupidest head coach of the weekend. It's Joe Judge for making decisions that he actually thinks are good decisions. That is stupider than Matt Rule comparing himself to Jay-Z. It doesn't make sense. He needs to be gone. Honestly, if I was the I mean, if I was the Giants owner like the Mara family, I would straight up tell Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge, like, oh, we just got a letter from the NFL. They're moving our game to this stadium for whatever reason. So they fly out there and be like, Oh yeah, the players are already there. And just, just let them sit there in an empty stadium for four hours waiting for no reason. They might actually have a chance at winning if Joe Judge didn't show up. God. So my dad's the giants this week. I just, <laughs> they made Matt Nagy look good. And that's, that's hard. That is very, very hard. Um, I think before we move on from studs and duds, we should talk about, we wouldn't be an NFL podcast without talking about the Antonio Brown of it all. The Antonio Brown of it all. Hey, it is <sighs> rich. I'm going to, I'm going to let you start with this first yeah. react. First reactions. When you saw that, when you, I think, I think for me, the first time I saw it was, I think you might've put it in one of our group chats. Yeah. And I read it out to, to Dave, we were watching the games together and it was just, it, it was, it was word for word what was happening. And it was just, what? 
it was just utter shock by the entire football world. Like a guy takes his pads off and walks off. You see Mike Evans there telling him, no, don't, don't take your pads off. Don't do this. You're going to regret it. It's, it's shocking. And we have no proof to say Antonio Brown, this is all about your mental health. This is all about something has gone wrong, but it's, what feels like the most likely outcome this guy has got hit in the head a lot he was known for wearing that shitty helmet until the nfl told him he couldn't wear a shitty helmet anymore and obviously like this is the thing with football players and and we talk about concussions and cte and you don't know until they're dead you can't actually have any proof of it until they're dead yeah and that's kind of looks like down the road he's heading and that's unfortunate yeah like knee-jerk reaction was just like you know here we go again again how many times has he done this how many times has let's call it spade a spade how many times has he fucked himself and his teammates over and just done these selfish immature actions and party like yeah obviously like when you first hear like this is ridiculous and like you don't you almost don't know what to make of it you know He's shirtless, uh, running across the back of an end zone, while the teams are debating what play to call on third down. It, and he's amping up the visitors. Not that's not even the biggest part, but it's like, hey, you're on the road. Um, it, but then, like, yeah, if you if you you think about it, it's like we obviously don't know what's going on. If there is something going on, if there's not, if for some reason there is not, then just a bad teammate, a bad person, just, Hey, figure it out. But yeah. I mean, yeah. So the thing for me is like, I hope if he does have something wrong, he, because apparently if there is something wrong, it's ongoing or he hasn't addressed it. And he Mm -hmm. does. I think the thing for me is like, you can't just continue to be given chance after chance after chance. And then enabling my thing is like, Hey, you screw up all the time. And like, Hey, looks like a duck quacks, like a duck's probably a duck. You're probably an idiot. But like, Hey, I'm not going to, if mental health is a thing, I hope you get that address. But the thing for me is accountability. You heard Josh Gordon for years. He, until he opened up, he's like, yeah, I have a drug problem. Mm-hmm. I would respect Antonio Brown so much more if he came out. I mean, it's not, it's not in my business. Let's be fair. It's not. But if he at least addressed like, Hey, I'm not just a raving lunatic. Like I have something yeah. wrong with me and stuff like that. Because I mean, Hey, he doesn't owe anything to me <laughs> for God's sakes, a random fan. But for what I see, all I see is this guy has a thriving career in Pittsburgh and then shits that down the drain, gets char- robbery, some robbery is assault charge or something, then a sexual assault, and then Brady sticks up for him. And he gets fired from New England. He does all the shenanigans with his helmet with Oakland and gets tossed. And then he he Brady backs him up again, and he comes to the Buccaneers, and he does this. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a carousel. Um, hey, Madden, like I said, I hope – for his his sake of being a human being, he's good. But if he's just an idiot, I hope he's done with the league. That's all. Yeah, I think, yeah. If there's something going on, obviously, you know, get help and stuff. I think part of it, too, is like, like you said, what does he owe us? You know, we're just fans of the league, fans of teams or whatever. But it's like the people close to him, the people around him, just, hey, step up and, hey, AB, talk to me, man. What's going on? Like, like be accountable, know. be a grown man about it. Don't just yeah. 
walk and pout and run out of the stadium or whatever, right? That's yeah. That's how life works. That's what being a man is, right? And obviously, I'm I'm uh, I'm very curious to see what what comes out about what what actually happened or the story. I've heard I've heard a few different kind of varying events and stuff, and maybe he wasn't getting targets and he had some incentives and stuff, and maybe his ankles bugging. Not too sure, but I'm sure we'll get a full full story at some point. But yes, of course we had to address that because that was part of the uh, wild weekend that was also not a stud, maybe an honorable mention. Um, Maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment. One of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my entire life as a football fan happened in the Cowboys Cardinals game on a fake punt, I believe. And one of their backup running backs basically pulled a David Tyree, but instead of his own helmet off the defender's helmet, which is incredible, then pins it to his leg. Really sucks that I don't know his name, but hey, that guy, you did good. You done good. Um, if we can think, I think we're going to pull up his name here. Jonathan Ward, shout out to you. Absolute stud as well. That brings us to the end of studs and duds. And we move on to our segment this week. I will pass it off to the segment master himself, Mr. Davey O'Doyle. This, we want to get the segment in this week because next week it's going to be all about the playoffs. We don't want to talk about three, two, three, four win teams. So we're going to have a whole league segment this week. And my question for you guys is very simple. I'm going to read you the record of these teams this year. Keep in mind that we're one game short of the finish line. So, I mean, but for the most part, these records are pretty set. See one game probably won't throw off too much how they've been, but the simple question is, are they better than the record? Are they worse than the record or are they, or do you think that their record is accurate? I mean, you could obviously say like, Oh, look, that's the record. That's how good they are. But we know that there's circumstance, right? For every team. Absolutely. So, like I said, it's like when you're mathing, is it less than, greater than, or equal to, basically, is what this segment is. Love it. So here we go. AFC East, Buffalo Bills, 10 and 6. Greater than, less than, or equal to. I'm going to go with equal to. Um, a couple weeks back, Rich brought it up that – you know, are the Bills really as good as we think they are? And they did have some faulty performances. For me, I think it is just because their ceiling is so high. When Josh Allen is feeling it and he's cooking, that team is very deadly. But the run game and sometimes the run defense and pass rush will be the downfall of them. So I think they're about a 10-win 10, 10 team sounds accurate to me. I think you're right. I think I look at games like the game against Jacksonville, which was just an awful showing. And a game like this past week where Josh Allen had a terrible game. And I want to say that they're worse. But there was always a piece of that team that kept him in the game, that picked up for a guy who was doing bad or picked up for a side of the ball that was doing bad. In the Jacksonville game, it was the defense. They still only allowed nine points. They tried their best in and yeah, as, as you said, there's there's the run game. There's everything that can pick up for a team, a parts of that team that are locking, which makes you a good team, makes you a ten win team. Yeah, right. 
I mean, and then obviously, so them and then the Patriots up next both have a chance. They're both tied to win their division. The Bills have the have the tiebreaker though, so I mean, uh, so that might might change, but we're right, right around there. The next one is, of course, Bill Belichick's New England Patriots at ten and six. What do we think about this one? I am going to go with the same answer, and I'm going to say equal to they preseason before the season started. I was. Dave, I think you and me, we were definitely same boat. Wasn't a Mac Jones believer. Didn't believe him. The only thing that kept me holding out hope was, hey, he went to possibly the single best landing spot for a guy of his skill set. And be damned, he did. And that team, that defense is amazing. That secondary is fantastic. Very stingy run defense. Of course, Matt Judon. Uh, they got some edge rush, you know. And their weapons, they made a splash in free agency. That's a that's a scrappy team that I don't want to see in the playoffs. I think they're I think they're about ten six. I think I'd agree. I think they're that a team that's fought for every win. They're a team that they haven't asked their quarterback to do everything. They've leaned on their defense and it's gotten to ten wins. And I can't think of games that they they won that they should have lost. I think they're a ten win team, yeah. I'm think for this one, and this is going to sound wild when you like actually think about it, but I'm going to say this team isn't as good as 10 and six. I think the record blows them up a bit for the reason that I think if I remember hearing right there, they've only won two games against like playoff opponents this season. This, this has been a really easy schedule when you look at it for them, including games for that first half against the dolphins, two games a year against the jets. You know what I mean? I think, the Patriots are going to be a good team and I've hyped them up as much as anybody, but I think actual record wise, they'd be a lot different if they had a harder schedule. And I know you can say that probably about a lot of teams and that'll be one thing that will probably bring up consistently in this, but I could honestly see this team being, I don't think this team's quite as good as some people make it out to be the more I watch and the more, especially that Mac Jones has to play. You really see that the fault comes right from the quarterback on, yep, but like totally said, fair. But I said, hey, they're 10 and 6, and they have a chance to win the AFC East this week. So like I said, nobody would be surprised if the hoodie comes into wherever and absolutely terrorizes the playoffs. But that's just me there. Yep. 8 and 8, the Dolphins. What do we think? Fuck, this one's hard. <laughs> well, I mean, it's tough because they lost. They went, like, what were they, 1 and 7 or something? Then they won seven straight games. They've, they're the only team in history to have a seven-game win and losing streak in the same right. season. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like that that says it right there. I think they're bang on. They're a 500 team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm, for this I'm one. I'm going to go with I, equal, yeah. I'm going to agree with you on this one because that winning streak, besides the Ravens, they beat a lot of dog shit teams. They had a soft schedule in the back half and they took advantage of it, right? And they lost the games they were supposed to lose at the front end of the season, right? There's going to be a thread of this of like, oh, well, you get better as the year goes on. But like, can we, do we really think Tua Tungavailoa, even at his best in the front half of the season, would have beat those teams? Probably not, right? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, okay, so you look at their schedule. Week one against the Patriots, they lose by one point in a right. defensive slugfest. Okay, yeah, it's probably fine. 
Then they get blanked by the Bills, 35-0. They lose to the Raiders by a field goal in overtime. Lose to the Colts. Get blown out by the Bucks. Lose to the Jags. Lose to the Falcons. Lose to the Bills. Then beat the Texans. Ravens, Jets, Panthers, Giants, Jets, Saints. Um, so I think you could almost say like that Jaguars loss and the Ravens win almost count each other out. Where right. if you, yeah, so I agree in essence, they're, they're right where they should be. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I mean, Dolphins bang on. Next up, we got, of course, the bottom place in that division, the Jets at four and 12. They are, that record is a lie. That record shows them as better than they are. There's no business they have beating the Bengals or the Titans. You play that game back a hundred times. They lose at 99. They just happened to have started Mike White and the Titans just happened to kind of do the thing the Titans do every year where they give up one they shouldn't. Um, I think that team is still obviously very, very bad, but I think those that record somehow makes them seem better than they are. I think I agree. Like you just talk about that Titans game. I believe they were playing the Titans without AJ Brown or Julio Jones. They had no receivers. Yep. It was a weird game. Same with the Bengals. It was a weird game. I think this is a two win team max and Ford's giving them a lot of credit. I I honestly disagree with you guys in this one. I do. I think I think this this record is right on how good the Jets are. And if I'm going to be honest, I think that the Jets are the best team in the NFL right now that's under six wins. Because the other teams that we'll get to later that are under six wins are the Texans, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Lions, and the Panthers. And I think out of all those teams, the Jets are the best team. I think that this team is bang on. If not, maybe they could have one more win. If other teams like the Panthers have five, they probably deserve to have five as well. I just think that offense didn't find itself. Zach, Zach, or yeah, Zach Wilson didn't show any sort of problems until the end of the year. I mean, I think this is a four or five win team. So it's pretty much on, if not just a little bit underrated, but I think that team from the young studs that they have on defense up are a better team than the most of these really awful teams. Interesting. Moved on to the AFC West, Kansas city chiefs, 11 and five. What do we think? Um, I think who this one's hard too. Um, I honestly might kind of hate to say, it, but I might say they're even better than that. I think I'll they started that. slow, yep. and and now that they've actually hit their stride. You look at the stretch before this Bengals game, just on an absolute heater. And then you come up against the Bengals, who are just a really good team. So you can't really fault them for losing that game either. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think they're better than 11 and 5. Yeah. I agree too. The only thing that was holding me back is like, yeah, the beginning stretch of the season. But then, I mean, I think about it. And I, uh, you know, a guy I follow, a guy I listen to, provides a lot of insight. He was uh, he was saying you know that that stretch where Mahomes didn't look like Mahomes at all. You got to remember like this guy is coming off of the worst loss of his career on the biggest stage. He's a new dad. He had his family was in the spotlight more than he was. He for the first time in his life was going into a slump. He wasn't perfect, and he had fans were booing him. You know, like 
that weighs on the guy. So obviously, you know, he's going to be a little, little off, but yeah, when we all know when that chiefs team wants to win a game and they want to turn it on, they will turn it on. And especially since that defense has tightened up and been one of the best defenses in the league last half of the season. Yeah. They are better than 11 wins. I think a good practice for this is not necessarily to like try to justify a team's losses. Maybe they didn't deserve, but it's to think, how this team is right now, if they replayed the season, would they be better or worse, right? That's kind of the way I'm thinking of it. And when you think about it that way, that early slump of the Chiefs, they wouldn't have lost probably two of those games, right? This team is probably, like I said, this team's still the front runner in the AFC, right? Like this team is a good team. This defense is tightened up and they probably deserve to win more than 12 games if they're to replay this, right? Let's be honest. Absolutely. Here's another one that... <sighs> I don't know what I'm going to say about this one, but the Chargers nine and seven. The Chargers might be the most inconsistent team in the NFL. And that's, that's the thing. I want to say talent wise, this team is better than nine and seven. Me too. But they don't, they don't go out there every week and prove it the way the chiefs do. Right. They they're so wildly inconsistent. It's unbelievable. I don't know what to think about the Chargers. I feel like that nine and seven spots pretty good. You're right around 500. You're, you're a team that's been fluky. You're you're hot and you're cold. You're hot and you're cold. I think you're around that 500 mark. I guess you could say maybe they should be a game below that nine and seven mark, but I think that nine and seven mark's pretty good for them. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I'm I'm completely okay leaving it there. I think it's I think it's interesting too because or I think it's uh, spot on a little bit because it's a perfect like summation of of them. Like they are better than a 500 team, but because of their streakiness. They're barely better, whereas they do have the guys in the roster to have the potential to be a lot better. They just aren't right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's one. I mean, we'll get to the the crucial game they have later this the, uh, in the slate this week, but the Las Vegas Raiders, 9-7. and seven. What do we make of that? This one's really tough for me. I, like a few weeks ago when we made our list of like the worst of the – top teams in the FC that they were the worst but they've won games they needed to win they beat the Cowboys they beat the Colts those are two huge wins even to start out the season to beat the Ravens those are huge sorry Carf but those are huge wins for that team Mm -hmm. in between those though it's not been good I think this record is way better than they are they, we all know it's been highly publicized. And, and and now again with Nate Hobbs getting arrested, DUI, the amount of turmoil and distractions and chaos and toxicity that has been in that building this year to be in the spot they are, Derek Carr is... Our- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop on this podcast what I said to you about Derek Carr. Because yeah. I agree with you, dude. Derek Carr legit somehow has made this team that is shouldn't even be a 500 team into what could be a playoff team. I'm going to drop one name on you guys. Do you guys know who Ann Sullivan is? Ann Sullivan is the person that taught Helen Keller communication. That should be impossible. And Derek Carr is the Ann Sullivan of the NFL. Between Ruggs, between Gruden, between Hobbs, between Damon Arnett, 
between everything that's been in, in Derek Carr's way, somehow this man finds a way to pull the Raiders out of the fire and put them on his shoulders. I don't understand it. Derek Carr is a true miracle worker in the sense of pro football. That team should not be 9-7. and seven. Great job, Derek Carr. He, he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. He deserves to go to a better NFL franchise. He deserves a team around him that supports him and a coach that supports him. He just, he does, like, I don't know if there's another QB in the league leadership-wise that, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe Brady, you know, but, like, that could do what what he's done with what the hell's been going. He's standing in the middle of a street and skyscrapers are just falling around him. And he's saying, you know, we're almost at our destination eyes ahead. And it's everyone's freaking out and bailing out of this car. And he's just, yeah, I feel like it's like an, it's like in the Avengers when those things are attacking New York city, if Derek Carr was like legit, a cab driver and Mm -hmm. he was literally just sitting there following the rules of the road. And he's just like, Hey, just warning guys. Only four more blocks to your destination. Everyone's like, "We're gonna die," and he's like, "No, don't worry about it." As he swerves around lasers, but he doesn't. He doesn't flinch. You know what when I mean? When the when the when the when the Chitari are attacking, he's straight up busy shoulder checking. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It doesn't make sense. Someone like flings himself off the roads. Wow, New York's wild today. Yeah. And he's just driving right. So where are you guys from? <laughs> right, that's that's Derek Carr right now. Congratulations to that guy. Yeah. So Raiders worse than nine and seven. Derek Carr better than nine and seven. Yes. That there we get. Like yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. We'll go with that definitely. Yeah. And then we finish off the AFC West here with the Denver Broncos at seven and nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Is that how a horse knees? <laughs> all right. All right. It is now. Close. It is now. I'm going to start with this one um, for the exact for I'm going to list two reasons why, but I think this team is, is bang on those reasons being a, that offense led by Bridgewater or drew lock is shit. And, and the, Hey, that offense sucks. Shermer and Fangio aren't doing the job, but then I guess we'll also give Fangio some credit because I think being right around 500 is great because that defense is great. That defense is so disciplined. I can tell from what I've watched and watching, especially that Bengals game for a Bengals team. That's absolutely shredded teams over the top with, with no problem. The Denver Broncos played them so disciplined and so tight that we had to literally barely scrape out a game. And with one big play, win the game, right? That's how good that defense is, how disciplined, how solid that defense is. But that offense is just so shit. So I think seven and eight's pro- or seven and nine's probably like just right for him. Um, I think it. I think it's accurate too. Um, I will. I think. I guess my reasoning is. I think. Every pos- every position group, outside of QB, head coach, OC, and maybe a few other things, um, is is better than seven wins. But because so much of the modern day NFL is weighed on QB head coach and do you have an offense that can change a game that that brings them down. So I think it kind of meets in the middle that roster, you get a QB on that roster and a head coach who brings in an OC that knows how to use the weapons. That team is 10, 12 win team, because like you said, the defense is fantastic, but it's just because those two positions, mainly QB and coach are so critical and so much is weighed on them. 
I think they're right around where they should be. Right. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's crazy to see a team that is basically universally everybody agrees they are coaching staff and a quarterback away from being a bubble Super Bowl contender. Like, yes. Yes. Like it's not it's not a hot take to say like no it's 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 what everyone knows to be true. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers or Russ or or Deshaun or or a, you know if someone comes in there and then they get a new coach, a coach who can coach, they are a fringe Super Bowl contender instantly. And then here we go up next. We go to the AFC North. We got here. I don't know what hand motions Carve is doing on screen now, but that's okay. L S U. Oh, yeah, they're playing tonight. They they're playing tonight. Yeah. yeah. AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals, 10 and 6. How do you think that one is for the guys? Fuck, I, I don't even say they're better. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that record does them justice. Because no. the same reason of the Jets game. You guys play the Jets 99 times. You win that every time. Um, and there's a couple early ones that, like, you play the Browns again. Not only do you not get blown out, you can just straight up flip those scores. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, just took a while to find your guys' rhythm or, or you know, find the find the, uh, the connection and stuff. But once you did, like, you guys have been unstoppable for four or five weeks now. Um, so I think you're a lot – I think you're better than 10 wins. Yeah, like I said, I don't think we lose to Chicago <laughs> like we did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, debate, there's yeah. a debate that we don't lose the overtime game to the Packers. We sure as hell probably don't lose an overtime game to the 49ers. Like I said, I think this team has just beat itself when it's lost for the most part, honestly. Yeah. I think we're better than 10 wins. And hope, hopefully the playoffs this year is where we show that anyways. Um, glad to hear that we're all on board with that. 8-7-1, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you make of that? Rich, you have to start. I always have to start when it comes to the Steelers, but you guys are going to like it when I say that's too good for them. Sure is. That's, that Steelers team is Bingo! Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't think a team with a minus 58 point differential should have a winning record. Nope. I think also, if I remember correctly, they have the 32nd ranked rush defense. Yeah, you can gash this team up the middle, and and you know it's like oh well, at least they have a you know playmaker veteran QB at quarterback. Well, he's a veteran, all right. He's gone, thank God. But they just don't. He threw last night. What was it? Hold on a second, because this is a testament to just how bad that offense is. Um, let me just do some research here. Exhilarating time. I just Here's a stat for you. Oh, go ahead. Here's a stat for you when it comes to the Steelers, also the Raiders. There are two teams with winning records that have a negative point differential, and it's those two. And we have said both of those are not as good as their records. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the Helen, the the Ann Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Steelers is. <laughs> is Tomlin, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow this guy gets, he's never had a losing season now that if never. they lose to the Ravens, they'll be 8-8-1. Eight, eight, they mm-hmm. won't have a losing season again. 
in 15 seasons, this guy's never lost. And you see what he was working with this year. That's unbelievable. Mike Tomlin is some sort of miracle worker because that shouldn't be right. He, uh, last night, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 46 times for 123 yards. That's like Like, almost impressive that you could throw it that many times and get that few yards. Here's a crazy stat. At one point in the game, Ben Roethlisberger was five for five on third down. They've yet to convert. Insane. And, and that team won by like double digits, dude. Hey, Jesus. See at the top of the AFC North for the next decade. Holy smokes. Tomlin, though. But yeah, Pittsburgh. Tomlin's incredible. Much, much worse. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll leave there. We'll leave that there. Much worse. Next up, we have the eight and eight Ravens. So doing? much better than what the record shows, okay? The amount of fucking single or, or, or two-point games we've lost with the most extensive. We have an all-pro IR. It is incredible. Lamar hasn't played in about four or five weeks. If we have our guys healthy, which I understand, if, 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 guess what? That's what the whole fucking segment is. If we have our guys healthy or if we take hits that aren't every single starting caliber Pro Bowl all-pro player we have, yeah, we're better than 500. Fuck. John Harbaugh. And Sullivan. Uh, I'm just going to leave this stat where it is. The Ravens are two points. Minus two in the points for points against. So, I mean, they're basically equal. And the record right now says they're eight and eight. But, like, hey, that's like you said, that's the segment. If you don't lose 90% of your team to injuries or even IR for a lot of them, we're telling a different story, right? This team is better than eight and eight. But that's the, the fucking way that this year's crumbled, right? It feels like every year we see this where one team gets absolutely fucked with injuries. <laughs> it was the it was the Niners last it year. It was the Niners last year and this year it's the Ravens and well the and- record shows that it doesn't show what this Ravens team actually is. Right. Yeah. And I think you know what's interesting is Harbaugh's been getting dragged through the coals for his aggressive fourth down and two point decisions. I guess what I stand behind him on every single one because look at our roster. Going against Aaron Rodgers with Brandon Stevens covering Devontae Adams, Robert Jackson covering Devontae Adams. Guess what? We're just delaying the inevitable at that point. I'm so proud to be a goddamn Ravens fan. This team never quits. Flock. Um, we went against the number one and number two seed in the NFC and lost by a combined total of two points. I think that says something with with this banged up squad. Um, if we are fully healthy, I don't think we. I think honestly, we're going to split the season series with the Bengals for the next eight, 10 years um, or like in the grand scheme of things come out about 500. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's where I stand on that. Like I said, let's, let's still remember this team did have wins against the Colts, the chiefs and mm-hmm. the chargers, right? Yeah, exactly. This team, this team for being eight and eight has good wins on its record. And the only time they got blown out this year was playing the Bengals. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you guys got blown out all year. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, this team is better than eight and eight. It's just how the cookie crumbled this season. Yes. All right, the Browns, seven and nine. What do we think? Rich. Oh, I know. I feel like you guys want to say worse. I'm going to say it's bang on. I think this is a sub 500 team, but not by a ton. They still have a guy like Nick Chubb. They still have great guys on that defense. It's still, it's a sub 500 team, but it's not far off of a 500 team. Carve, what do you think? 
I'm actually going to agree with that. I think um, almost the same reason as Denver, where except for I I do think they have the coach. Stefanski's proven he can coach. Like he came in last year and they were awesome. Um, They went to the AFC Divisional last year. Like they were great. Um, But I, I think this year has fully shown. I don't think there can be any questions anymore. They are just a QB away from being a fringe Super Bowl team. That's another one of those teams where they're in the same boat as Denver. So for that reason, I think because they have Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, Peoples-Jones, Hooper, Harrison Bryant, the best O-line in football, you know, Denzel Ward, Greedy Willie, like they have guys on that roster. The only position they don't have a guy at is the most important position. So it weighs out for me. Yeah, I was going to agree. I was, gonna, I was almost going to say um, better. I think they're a better team than seven and nine. Because they are, but I think you can't say that they're because it's not the same as saying the Ravens because the Ravens and so many guys hurt. This is the Browns who played at full strength for a lot of the year, and it's just they've put themselves in these in bad situations, and they they chose Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback, and he's only as good as five hundred. So you have to say this team is five hundred, but with a different quarterback, this team's a lot better, right? That's just how it is. Yeah, I think part of it too is is right now. Like if we did do the strategy of going back to the games, okay, Baker Mayfield twice a year at least has to face Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. That's four right. games. On yeah. top of that, he might get any combination of Mahomes, Herbert, Mac Jones, the yeah. Colts. Does he is he better than any of those guys? No. Right. No. And then we move on to the AFC South. On top of the division right now with the one seed in the AFC, Tennessee Titans, eleven and five. I think this team is better than that. And I think it's not obvious or easy, but Derrick Henry, that's the X factor. If they have them, I think a lot of these games, they win. Like we said, they are prone to drop one or two a year that they have no business dropping. But if Derrick Henry doesn't go down mid season, I think they are cruising the second half of the year. Still that guy changes games. I mean, it's tough to, it's, there's not really a case to make that they're worse than 11 and five, because even when Derek Henry went out, they still have won a lot of ball games, right? They still pulled off that game against the 49ers on last Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're still competitive in the games that they lose. Even if they drop one to the shitty Steelers, they had no business losing. It seems like when they lose the games, it's just maybe it's either complete luck. They don't choose not to play or it's Tanhill throws a bunch of picks for whatever reason, one week, you know what I mean? But I think this team probably is 11 and five. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're around there. They could be maybe a little better if you say get Derek Henry back, but yeah, they're, they're a one seed. They're a good team. Yep. Uh, and then we have in second place right now in a playoff spot, nine and seven, the Colts. Better, I think than a nine and seven record. I think at the start of the season, they maybe had some losses they shouldn't have had. It took a while for Carson Wentz to get his groove in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor is a monster running back, the best running back in the league this year. I think they're better than nine and seven. I I really want to say they're better than nine and seven, and I would any other week except for this week. I don't know now because they lost to the Raiders, and what I think of the Raiders is very unimpressive besides Derek Carr being an absolute miracle man, you probably shouldn't lose that game. You know what I mean? And they did. 
So it makes me almost think maybe they are right where they should be. But like I said, if we're going to play the game that I set out of, if you replay these games again, do they do better? Yeah, they probably do better. They probably do better at the start of the season. And they're probably a 10 or 11 win team, right? This one's tough. This one is a toss up for me. Um, Just going right off of what you said there, Dave. If you go back to the start of the season, so they started 0-3 this year. Week one, they lost to the Seahawks. I think they play that game again. They beat the Seahawks handily. Yeah. Um, but then they had the Rams and Titans they both lost to. And I don't know if they win either one of those either one of those games. Right. Um beat the Dolphins, and of course the OT lost to the Ravens. Um, so they got swept by the Titans this year. Maybe you could say uh, they could go back and win that one. I'm not too sure. It's interesting. I think they're right around where they should be. Um, Carson Wentz has had a great year. Sometimes his unpredictability and, 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 you know, lack of a great day can hold them back. So I think nine and seven is pretty accurate. Right. And I mean, I guess that's fair, right? Yeah. Uh, next, uh, next up, we have the, the very dog shit bottom end of the AFC South. We have the four and 12 Texans. What do we think? It's worse. I, I think worse. They have two wins that they should have. Those two wins are both against the Jaguars. The other two wins are against the Titans and the Chargers. They should not have those wins. <laughs> no, and uh, our knock on the Titans and Chargers all year have been that they drop games they have no business dropping. And lo and behold, the one of the worst teams in the league, they they each dropped one to that. I don't think that's a that's a show of skill. I think that's Jacksonville being a lot worse than we thought and Texans being better. And then you can chalk it up to flukes. Yeah. For the reasons you guys mentioned, I agree that they're probably worse than four wins and not saying a lot that they're by far the third team in their division, because I think the next one is also worse than they worse than their record. Somehow I think the Jags at two and 14 are overhyping themselves because I think if you replay the schedule, there's a big chance they don't win a game or they they just win one. Yeah. They beat the dolphins who are a better team than them. And they beat the bills who are a better team than them. Right. They should not have a win on this, on this year. Um, I know it's one year into his career less than, but save Trevor Lawrence, get him out. Um, They're bad. They're really, really bad. They're bad. (laughs) It's like there's, it says a lot when I think Detroit would play the Jaguars and beat them by three scores. Mm -hmm. That tells you what I think of the Jags and how bad I truly think they are. Mm -hmm. Cause that team still needs a coach and it needs a lot of help on the field. Yep. Absolutely. Next up, we're going to pop over to the NFC here with the NFC East. We got, We'll start off with the, the the NFC East leading Dallas Cowboys, eleven and five. What do we figure? I think it's pretty bang on. I feel like the Cowboys have they've been a good team this year. They've been a great team. When they have lost games, it's felt like they didn't show up. Like they were having rough games. I think they're kind of that team. They're not a hot and cold team like the Chargers, but when they have their cold points they're cold yeah I think I think it's pretty accurate too because 
the games they've lost, a lot of it has been. I I believe that you can only win so many games with Mike McCarthy. I understand he's won a Super Bowl and stuff, but some of his time management stuff and coaching decisions have been questionable, and it's cost them and it's burned them. But then when this offense has is turning it on, and granted it has been a few weeks since they haven't since they've turned it on, but they've still been winning games. But when they do turn it on, they are one of the best offenses in the league. So I think it almost kind of balances out. I wouldn't. I think they're about the same. Yeah, I would agree with that for the reason that this team is like a really high-end team when they're firing on all cylinders, which their offense might not have, hasn't really done in the last little bit. But it's kind of the way that they've lost. Because, I mean, the games that they lost, like they lost badly to the Broncos. They lost badly to the Chiefs. The Cardinals game, the score is a lot closer, actually, than I thought it was. I thought they didn't play that well again. So when this team doesn't show up, like Rich mentioned, they don't show up at all. But when they're really good, they're really good, right? So 11 and 5 probably seems right. Yep. Next up, we're going to jump to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, 9 and 7. What do we figure? I honestly think that's too many wins. Um, and I, I, I mean that almost as a compliment that first year head coach Nick Sirianni. And Jalen Hurts and the roster they have, it shouldn't be, they shouldn't be in playoffs. They shouldn't have been in contention, let alone have a playoff spot. But maybe Sirianni's, maybe Sirianni's the guy there. I don't know, but I think that they've surprised the hell out of me this year. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think they're maybe a little bit worse too. You kind of look at their wins and they're not super impressive wins. You got the Falcons, the Panthers, the Lions, the Broncos, the Saints, the Jets, Washington twice, and the Giants. Right. And I think that's a big asterisk that you're going to see for these two top NFC East teams is that you get to play Washington and you get to play the Giants twice, right? Yeah. So if you're good, you get four wins right there. And those are in division wins. And because for the reasons you guys laid out, I agree. I think the Eagles are probably a little bit worse than that. Um, like I said, it depends what matchup they get, but I don't expect a lot of big things from them in the playoff game they're going to have. But, I mean, good for you, right? Being 9-7, and seven, you're way ahead of schedule. Next up, we got the Washington football team for the time being, 6-10. and 10. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, remember earlier in the year, everyone had s- these expectations for that defense. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle. They have Montez Sweat. Um, awesome. Landon Collins, Cameron Curl. Landon Collins. Cameron oh, Davis, yeah, but even right? just like uh, even just the front, you're like, oh, man. And they were, they were bad, bad for a long time, like disappointing. But, hey – let's be honest. He's a nice story. He's great. He has flashes, but you can only get so far without a quarterback or with Taylor Heineke as a quarterback and six and 10 Ron. I think Ron Rivera is a hell of a coach and they all, when Chase Young's healthy and you know, scary Terry Gibson, they got guys there. Um, but in, in 2021 NFL, you can only get so far without a QB. I'm almost going to say, in my opinion, um, 
I, I think they're probably a little bit worse. I think if you play some of those games again that they won, they probably might lose them. I don't think it's by much. Maybe like a game or two they'd lose. They're pretty pretty close, but maybe just a bit under because I think this defense is kind of, for whatever reason, they hit it good, and then they kind of dropped off the cliff again. So maybe that defense now is kind of what they are. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, right around, if not just a bit less, but I think it's like pretty decent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about right. This team's a meh team. They're a mediocre right. team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finish off with the New York football giants, the apple of Carve's eye this week, four and 12. Are we safe to say this team's worse than four and 12? Yeah, they're worse than four and 12. Yep. I honestly don't know if they should have a win. Um, I mean, if you've listened thus far to the whole episode, you know my feelings on them, but. There's no way or there's no reason that they should beat, you know, Kevin James and the boys, you know, in New Orleans. There's no reason. The Panthers are the only one that's like, okay, maybe. But I still think the Panthers have a lot more. I think they're a lot better than the Giants. There's no reason they should lose to the Raiders. You know, Eagles, 13 to 7. They shouldn't lose that. Or they shouldn't win that. They're worse than 4 and 12. Right. Joe Judge is. <sighs> do, we have, do we have anything else to add before we move on? Or can we just dump a giant? That, that one is bang on carve. I think he covered it all. I want to right. see Joe Judge versus Matt Nagy in a street fight. The winner gets to watch the NFL again. The loser, you don't even get to have your eyes on a TV set when the NFL's on. Matt Nagy's going to be a sad man, I think. I um, we'll, we'll move on to a better division that has a lot more ups on this division, the NFC West, one of the tougher divisions in football. The creme de la creme right now of that division at 12-4 and four are the Los Angeles Rams. Do we think that they're overrated, underrated, right, right in the middle? What do we figure? Shit. Yeah. Um, um, I think they're about right. I think the games they lost were fair losses. There's Titans, number one seed in the AFC right now. There was an interdivisional game with the 49ers. That 49ers team, it's still a good team. The Packers, arguably the best team in the league. And the Cardinals, another interdivisional game. I think they're about bang on at 12 and 4. Um I it's it's weird for me because seeing that those those losses are like pr- pretty good losses to have if there is such a thing. And maybe this is me drinking the Kool-Aid a bit, but I think this team's honestly better than 12 and 4. I think if they played these games again, they probably beat the Cardinals in the one that they lost. And who's to know, right? If they beat maybe the Packers again, but I think I think I could say in my mind, the Rams are a little bit better, but I could definitely be argued either way with it. I just think they have good coaches, a good defense, a lot of stars on defense, a lot of stars on offense. And they may have even caught some breaks the wrong way when they lost those two or three games in the middle of the year, kind of. But I think this team's good. See, I think 
I'm going to agree with Rich on this. I think they're about where they should be. Okay. Um, it's tough because they have been one of the best teams in the league when they're at their best. The only thing that worries me is I, I am a firm believer. I've since day one, I think Matt Stafford was underappreciated and underrated his whole time in Detroit because of where he was. But there are times where it still looks like Detroit, Matt Stafford a little bit. And I understand first year new offense that's going to happen, but even this past weekend to give up two pretty bad interceptions against the Ravens secondary that is completely depleted. And uh, I think we'd only registered six interceptions prior to that the whole year. It, it sometimes it worries me that he can maybe be a little trigger happy, but Hey, it's Matt Stafford. He's a gunslinger, big arm. They are a very, very good team. So I'm going to keep them right where they are. I mean, and, and I can understand that that's fair, right? A lot of these teams, if I think they're better or worse, they're just a little bit, right? Because the record definitely says something, but I think that's one where you can make the case maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Um, another team I think that's the same thing with is the next team up, still fighting for the NFC West, 11-5, and five, the Cardinals. I am going to say this team is, that record is misleading in the sense that they are worse than that. They, um, they started off, everyone knows, I think they're, they're the last undefeated team. I think they, I want to say they got to eight. No, maybe it was seven. Can't quite remember. Started off incredibly hot. And like you said, beat the Rams and stuff. But what have we seen from this Cardinals team every single year since Kingsbury's there? And if you look at all of Kingsbury's teams, even when he was in college, they start off piping hot. And then towards the end of the season, they cool down. And I think that, I think you see, I think you see the truer version of a football team in the late, in the second half of the year than the first half. You know, I think that's just a given. The more time you spend and, and, and the more chemistry you build up and wins under your belt and whatever, you come into yourself more. Um and I, I just think the Cardinals are – they're obviously not an easy exit in the playoffs. That's that's very bold to say. But I think of those top-tier NFC teams, quote-unquote, they're by far the worst. I think you're right that they're the worst of those top-tier teams, Carve. But I still might say that they're better than their 11-5 and record. Um, I think if you give them another shot at games against the Panthers and the Lions, I don't think those are losses on their books. So then you have a three-loss team with losses to the Packers, the Rams, and the Colts. I think those are good losses, like Dave said, if those exist. But I think they're, like you said, worst of the good teams in the NFC and but still a little better than 11 and five, I think. Right. Um, I'm going to say, I think this team, I think if you replayed this again, I think this team's like, they're going to end up probably with 13 wins when they win this week. If they assuming they do, I think this team's probably a 10 win team, 10 or 11. So I think they're maybe a little bit overrated, but I still think they're pretty good. I still think they're probably a playoff team, but um, like I said, it's, it's pretty close. I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far off the rails. I think this is almost pretty accurate for the Cardinals, but they might just be a little bit strong because of how strong they started, right? See, I, I think that's my thing is like, 
you know, assuming they win this week. Right. And it's like, I guess they'll be 12 wins, but it's like, I assumed they were going to beat a lot of these teams that they didn't. And I think that's just, I mean, Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, both combined age of 12. So it's to be expected, but yeah. Then next up after that, we have (sighs) the nine and seven 49ers. Someone else take this one away because I don't want to talk about them. Oh, that's tricky. They are tricky. They are tricky. Hmm. I'm going to say it's bang on. I think they're one of those teams that's been hot and cold too. Like we said with the Chargers, hot and cold, but a little bit better than 500. Totally fair. Um, Yeah, I think – just going through their schedule here. I don't know if there's a game necessarily that they they're right where I thought they would be. Um, every loss they've had has been pretty good. The only team I would say that I think surprised me in a win was when they beat the Bengals. That that one surprised me. Um, but then on the flip side, I was surprised they lost to Seattle. So it it evens out, and I think they're, they're yeah, like Rich said, like we said earlier with the Chargers, they're a bit better than 500 because of their inconsistency at QB. And, I mean, let's be honest, Shanahan's a great coordinator. I think he is a really good coach. I do. But he's definitely got his fatal flaws too, so. For this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're right on track. I think they're they're well coached and they're a very very unique scheme to run team. They're a pretty physical team, but I just think that quarterback thing really puts them at a disadvantage. Right, a little bit of inconsistency still. So I think nine and seven is probably right where they are. And then we'll finish this division off six and ten Seahawks. They about right on, yeah. I think this team has been disappointing. And I think six wins shows disappointing, especially when we talk to Seahawks who have been a front runner in that division for years. So I'm actually going to flip the script a little bit. I think this year's bang on. I think their record has been misleading since about 2014. I think we've seen Russ absolutely carry this team for five, six years. And so we've always said like, oh yeah, Seattle's going to be, you know, Seattle's a playoff team. Seattle is, you know, they're going to be hot. They're going to be feisty. They're going to be a hard out. No, no, no. Russ is. Russ is a playoff caliber quarterback. Russ is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Russ is a hard out, all that stuff. Take Russ off that team. Any of the past five years and I understand saying, Oh, take their, take their should be MVP quarterback off the team. What are they? Yeah. I get any team would kind of crumble, but this is, this isn't surprising to me. The only thing that's surprising is that it took this long to get to this point. Yeah. I think that's really says it all right. This team isn't as good as six wins and Russ literally keeps them above water. And that's really all you have to know about this team. And like the, should be going, right? And the first year Russ is starting to maybe struggle a bit or he can't be that level, 
look at what we see. And then it's like, oh, why are they so bad? Well, because the one player that's been consistently fantastic and shouldering the load isn't playing his best. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess then next we're going to move to a division that Rich knows quite well, the NFC North. We'll start off with the number one seeded NFC team, the Green Bay Patriots, or sorry, the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) (laughs) What a cosmic gumbo of teams I just dropped there. That was a cosmic gumbo. Hey, do I have dyslexia? No, but you wouldn't know it from then. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers, 13-3. and Rich, let's start with you. What do you think? It's hard to get better than 13-3, and so I think they're pretty bang on. I guess that real bad loss to the Saints in week one would be a game that you say they play that again, they'll probably win. Um, other than that, a loss to the Vikings in the division, that's understandable. A loss to the Chiefs. I guess if you say, yeah, you get Rod- or you get Rodgers for that game against Chiefs, no, yeah, I guess they're they're probably shit. There's a real good chance I know, this team's man. undefeated. God damn it. I know. I hate it. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, I won't make you say it, Rich, but I think I'm going to. They're going to have one loss, and it's the loss to the Vikings. Yeah. You know what? That's fair because, hey, division games, usually they get split. Um, Yeah, I think they are. There's a chance this team should be 15-1 and right now. Um, They started off terribly. You go, go back right now, like we've been saying. And play that Saints Packers game, week one. It's the same score, just flipped. Um, and then, of course, I understand there's so much uncertainty with COVID and stuff like that, yada yada. And of course, Green Bay's no stranger to the uh, COVID controversy. But if if at that time, before the Chiefs started to to catch fire, they were very very vulnerable, and the Packers lost by a field goal. Am I correct in saying that against the Chiefs in Arrowhead while they were starting Jordan Love? So I think you go back in this season. I think the Packers have a chance of being fifteen and one, and maybe just maybe sixteen and zero. But for the sake of this, we will say Rich's Vikings. Hell, I'm happy to just say that we have the one legitimate win over them. So yeah, exactly. You punched them in the mouth. I'm going to say I think that the Packers, for the reason you mentioned, Carve. I think they're dead on for the reason of they could have won those games, but there's also games like that triple overtime game, whatever it was with the Bengals where they beat them could have went the other way. The games, the last couple games besides the Minnesota one they played, they almost lost to Huntley and the Ravens and they almost lost to Baker and the Browns, right? This team has had a little bit of dips and it's vulnerable at points. So I don't think maybe they're quite as indestructible as maybe some people think, Mm -hmm. but I think the 13 and three is probably right on. Yeah, I mean, like, goal, right? I guess if you like the Bengals and like, yeah, like if if the Ravens get that two point, I mean, granted, there were still 45 seconds on the clock for Rodgers, right. but I mean, they counteract those. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, a lot of this game and this this segment is if if and buts were tending, that's we'd all have a Merry Christmas, right? Exactly. There's a lot of if, but whatever. Uh, we'll move on next to a team that uh, has got a lot of press on this podcast here. The Minnesota Vikings at seven and nine. What do we think? They are so much better than seven and nine. <laughs> oh my god! This is a team. I threw this stat out before we 
started recording this podcast, this is the only team in NFL history to have a quarterback that's thrown over 30 touchdowns, a running back who's rushed over a thousand yards, a receiver who's caught over 1500 yards with a losing record. Every game except for two, the Seattle game, which we won, and the Packers game where we started Sean Mannion, have come down to one score. Every single game. This is a team with a minus 15 point differential. They're better than seven and nine. I think, I think for the reasons you said and the reasons of how impressive they have been in certain games, I think this team's probably actually, if you get them living up to their full potential, especially if you had a better quarterback, like clutch wise, maybe, but even so with Kirk, this still probably should be a 10 win team. Let's, let's be honest. They're probably 10 and seven. And they said they, they're either going to end up seven and 10 or eight and nine. And it seems like I said, it seems, it seems like an injustice, honestly. And I mean, it's funny that there's a trend going around that all three of us picked our teams. Like, no, we're better than our record says, right? Who would have thought there's bias in that. But when you look at these Vikings, they probably deserved a better fate because of how close they were in all these games, but it's not how she went. You know, if someone wants to be biased to their teams, what they should do, start a podcast, you know, start an entertainment company, then you can be biased for your, for your teams. But guess what? They are better than this record shows. You look back at this. um, You look back at their, at their schedule here. And like you said, Rich, I mean, you, I, I don't know how you've sat through all of them. Uh, week two, that Cardinals game, we all know Greg Joseph. You can go through all these and say one thing had to happen, you know, and there's so many where it's, it's, it's the Ravens injuries is the Vikings late fourth quarter collapses. Like it's, it's if, if they didn't happen or whatever. And I think that's a big reason that we, we kind of said that Zim, his time is maybe coming up because I think if you have a coach in there who can handle those late game situations, yeah, you're looking at a 10 win Vikings team here. Who's, who's in the playoffs. And then we get to another hang, team. Hang in there, Carv- hang in there, Rich. Hang in there. To, okay? oh, hang in there, bud. We get to another team that Carve is so fond of himself. The six and 10 bears. What do we think? This team shouldn't have a win. <laughs> This team shouldn't have a win. They, the, them and the Giants should be at the bottom. Dude, <laughs> stop me if you've heard it before. Actually, don't. Don't stop me if you've heard it before. Matt Nagy fucking sucks at his job. He might be as bad at his job as anyone is on the planet at their job. He's as bad at head coaching an NFL team as the guy – who was the lookout on the Titanic. Okay. He's terrible. He's not good. He has completely, absolutely fucked Justin Fields rookie year. Obviously some of that is on fields. I mean, rookie struggles and whatnot, like that's just a given. Um, This team is so bad. Their offense is, it's a mess. It's a disaster. Their defense is, uh, you know, is terrible. It's, it's Swiss cheese. It's not good. You know who's been great for the Bears? Robert Quinn. That guy doesn't get talked about. Robert Quinn set the Bears single-season sack record, set the Rams single-season sack record. He's just such an underrated player that we've grown up with who's been fantastic. Outside of that, Nagy, 
go fuck yourself. You don't deserve to have a win this year. Is there Rich, do you have a, a case for them to be as good or better, or can we just leave they're probably worse than six wins? We can say they're probably worse when you have I'm a coach like Matt Nagy. I might be a little too far in saying they should never win this year, but I honestly think like Matt Nagy is that bad that if you attached Matt Nagy's name to an 0-16 season in the past, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, there's a real possibility here that their only wins, they should have three wins, and they should be over the Lions, the Lions, and the Giants. Yes. And, yeah, and I mean, that tells you what you need to know, right? Hmm. And then we'll dump, we'll dump off the NFC North here with the 2-13-1 Detroit Lions. I'm going to start this one off and tell you right now, this team should have more wins than two for how hard that they've played, for the fact that somehow they've almost won a ton of games. They've tied a game at some point. Dan Campbell is turning out to be a good coach. Even with Jared Goff, they still somehow have overplayed how good they are. They should probably have more wins than two, but I'm I'm open to debate about it. I could I could see your point. I was going to say they're about where they should be. They're a team that still struggles, but there's promise to the future. Whereas the other sub six win teams, we all said were worse than their record. I think they're about right on, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I, um, I'm actually going to go with Dave on this. Um, just speaking from straight up experience, they should at least have a win over the Ravens. We all know the, uh, you know, time clock expiring error, and then we needed a literal miracle from a literal miracle worker, and we got it. We should have lost that game. Uh, recently, actually, just to subject ourselves to the painfulness of what it was, me and Dave partook in a uh, rewatching of the Steelers-Lions game from this year. And boy, oh boy, was that maybe the worst football game I've ever seen with my own eyes. It was terrible. They should have won that game, too. They are in so many games they don't have business being. Just recently, they lost by four points to the Falcons. Probably could have won that game. I think they should. I think they should honestly be like a five or six win team. Because, like you said, Dan Campbell, uh, that locker room plays for him. That locker room plays hard for him, and they they play hard. I can't remember a two win team since we've been watching football that's been still competitive. They just knocked off the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, convincingly. Obviously, what are they convincing us of? But. It, it, they should probably be a five-win team right now. Right. And then our last division, NFC South. We'll start with TB12, defending champ Buccaneers, 12-4. and four. How do we see this one? Oh. Hmm. I'm trying to think if they should be better, but I don't know. I think maybe I, I think, they, I think they should be. I think they you should do? be. I, listen, I can I can see the argument for it, but I think this team at its best strength, regardless of how maybe that secondary is not so good, I think if you replay those games against the Saints again, you probably should win those, honestly. And this says something that they lost both of them, which is kind of a shame. But I don't I think if this if those games mattered in the playoffs. There's no way that the Saints beat the Buccaneers. I think they're probably a bit better than 12 and 4, but we'll see how it goes with the, all the guys that they've just lost. 
So we'll see. But I think they're better. I think that they're still a Super Bowl caliber team. It's just things haven't gone their way for some of those games. I um, I'm torn on this one. I am because oh man, this is tough. I think obviously they're a Super Bowl caliber bubble team because of who they have at the helm. And I mean, they are the repeating champs and have double digit wins again. So they're clearly, they need to be having some attention paid to them, but you look back to last year and the saints dog walked them twice last year too. It, for some reason, Dennis Allen, Sean Payton, you know, Cam Jordan, Lattimore, those defensive, that saints team, gives this box team problems. So honestly, like I wasn't surprised at either of those saints games. I actually, I was, I was like, yeah, this, they should, the box should win on paper. They're the better team, but for some reason the saints play them hard. And even this past week, of course, there was some drama going on. We talked about it, but they beat the jets by four points. Like that's, that's alarming this late in the season. Um, Obviously, still got the job done. And, I mean, week before that, blew out the Panthers. And, of course, one of those Saints games week before that, they beat the Bills. I mean, they – I think that they're right around where they should be. I'd maybe say a win or two more. But I think they're pretty accurate. I think their schedule is pretty accurate. Or their record is pretty accurate. forgot the word. All right, so let's move on then to the eight and eight Saints. Worse. They should be worse. Um, no, hold on. I might change that completely. I might flip it and say they should be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot about Jameis Winston um, and my logic of, you know, the Ravens losing every single starter. If Jameis plays, they should be better. If Jameis tears his ACL again, they should be worse because Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon and Ian Book are not viable. I think it. I think it, the the games they have been winning is just an, a testament to Sean Payton's brilliance. Um, but a little, little caveat there. If Jameis is in, he looked like he was having a decent season. He did. And sucks he got injured, but yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, I'll agree with you there, Carve. I think, yeah, Jamison, better team. Jamis out, worse team. Yep. I'm going to say they're probably right where they should be. I think that yeah, I guess is good, and I don't think that offense is very good. So in I the think end, the middle is right. Yeah, in the end, it's eight, 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 eight seems right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, seven and nine Falcons, what do we think? I'm going to start this one flat out. They're overachieving. I don't know how they're doing it on the back of Kyle Pitts, I guess, and that defense sometimes plays well. But for how bad Matt Ryan is turning out to be, um, for, for how bad the situation in Atlanta is in general, I think they're overachieving, and I commend them on that, but they probably wouldn't win a lot of those games again. Yeah, I don't, th- oh, just, I don't think turning out to be. I just think, like, he, he's, he's done. Like, I, yeah. he was in his, in his peak, he was an MVP, um, but his, his time's done. And I think the era of the six four six five immobile pocket passer is for the most part gone. Um, you have to be able to move at least a little bit. I think in this in today's league, yeah, Kyle Pitts 
Obviously, Cordero Patterson's been having an absolute hell of a season. Pro Bowl snub there. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, uh, they are completely overachieving. Seven wins is very, very surprising. I think so, too. I think, yeah, it also really runs through Matt Ryan there. He's not having a good season. He's got a 48.3 QBR on the season. It's It's been not a good year. If you're Falcons fans, I'm sorry, because you maybe had the rumors last year about, hey, maybe we're going to move on from Matt Ryan. And then here you are again. So I think they are overachieving. All right, last team, 32nd one, last in the NFC South, a team that has begrudged me and Rich this year, the 5-11 and 11 Panthers. And I'm going to say it with complete confidence. This team stinks like ass. This team is ass. This team should not even have five wins. Do you know where 60% of those wins came from? On the back of Sammy B in the place to be. If you start Sam Darnold, this team is 16-0. No question about it. Bank on that. Obviously not. But I think uh, I'm going to say they're right where they should be. Those wins early on in the season were surprising. They started off three and zero, and what'd you say? They're five and twelve, five and eleven, five and eleven now. So they started off three and zero. They are now five and eleven. That is terrible. That is unbelievable. After three and zero, they were one of like I I was I was drinking the sauce. I was on the Kool Aid. I was saying this team is it. Look at what happened. Sam Darnold actually is a guy. He can do things, and he can do things. He rides the bench like no other. Um, I think they're right around where they should be because I do like a lot of those defensive pieces. Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, Gross Mottos, Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson's having a great year, um, Dante Jackson. Of course, they traded for Stephon Gilmore. They have pieces on that defense, but of course, they have the Hove comparing, results producing, the fans just can't see it, head coach Matt Rule that I think personally is a bit of a dipshit. Um, so I think it all kind of plays out in the end. It was some early season magic. It fizzled out. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm going to agree. They're probably about where they should be. The wins they have aren't, I guess you could say maybe the Falcons are a better team than them. Maybe definitely the Cardinals are, but yeah, I think they're right around where they should be. Yeah. That's and, not, that's and, the whole segment. Hey, we did it. Hey, we did it. I'm proud of us. It's the yeah. last time we have to talk about the shit teams in the league. Yeah, that's the last time you're going to hear ah. us talk about these teams that are four, five, six, seven wins. We're done with that. You just say Detroit, Houston, New York, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Carolina. Bye. Amongst others. Amongst others. Bye. Goodbye. See ya. Had a great year. Hey, 2023. Hopefully you do better. All yeah. right. Yep. Hopefully you do better. Okay. Moving on to a new segment that we do. We're going to pick each winner um, of the games this week. We're going to try it out, see how it's going. Of course, I'm joking. Booth boys coming off of a pretty hot week. Me and Rich were talking about this before the show. All of us had a winning record this week. Yeah. Pr- pretty hot week. Boys, clap it up. Clap it up. 
we have all surpassed 100 wins on the season. Garve, with a record of 10 and 6 last week, improves to 101 and 73. Dave, with a record of 11 and 5, starting to cement that lead going into the last week of the season at 109 and 65. I had a record of 9 and 7 on the week, bringing me to 106 and 68. This is a big week, boys. Yeah. I've been hot the last couple of weeks. There was a few weeks where I was absolutely stinky, but I've been I've been taking it up. All those, all those teams we mentioned that we're Stop never going to talk about again, you picked them for like Detroit, three weeks. Like Detroit and Jacksonville and like I've, the Jets when he had no business picking them. He's like, oh yeah, give me the dogs. I've gone through and I think I've picked the Lions seven or eight times this year. And like we said, they have two wins. Um, Herb's almost got Detroit at a winning record. <laughs> Dan, Dan Campbell, I'm drinking the sauce here. Herb's um, saying Detroit's a bubble playoff team. Hey, they might be the one seed next year. I might bank it. Um, of course, week 18. For, hey, first ever week 18. First ever week 18 in the NFL. Biggest season of, of the NFL. Did you, did you think it was the size of a regular season? Because if you did, you're an asshole and you're wrong. It is the biggest regular is the biggest season in NFL history. A lot of divisional games this week. A couple. Well, I think every game's a lot of games are important for playoff seedings. Some of them, no one's going to give a fuck. And I'm sure 10 people will watch, um, but we're going to go through all of them. It is going to be a bit. It's going to be a tough week because guys resting starters and play. We're just going to do our goddamnedest, Okay. Don't expect much from us, but we start off on Saturday, January 8th, where we have the 10-point favored Kansas City Chiefs going to mile high, taking on the Broncos. Dave, kick us off for the last time of the regular season on the booth. Who do you got? I really wish I could say Denver because... Man, Twitter went off about all these Chiefs fans were crying a river, crying foul. I've for all the wins the Bengals have this year, nobody cried more like little babies than the the Chiefs fans. So I'm just gonna say like I I'm starting to really sour on the Chiefs team and on the Chiefs fans. Like hey, grow up, but they'll probably win this game. I don't think. I think them vying for the number one seed against Drew Locke of all things. Like I don't I don't see much of a chance for Denver. Let's be honest. Richie? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas City, too. Um, if they were in a position to rest starters, I think I'd probably pick differently, but they're not. They're still vying for that number one seed. they got to play their starters, so I will take Kansas City. This one's interesting to me because, okay, you're Andy Reid, all right? You, to get the number one seed and to have the playoffs come through Arrowhead, which so far in Mahomes' career – Every playoff game he's ever played has been in Arrowhead um, outside of the Super Bowls. Um, they need the Titans to lose to the Texans. Which happened already. Keep that on record. I guess it did, yeah. So do you rest your starters? No. No, you can't. Not when, not when you only have one loss. It's not like one of those things where you have like, this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this and this and this. It's one game. You need to win and one team needs to lose. That's it. 
right? Could you imagine the outrage, right? If yeah. they rested starters, lost to Denver, and then somehow Tennessee lost to Houston. Mm-hmm. Also, are they for sure? Do they for sure have the second seed locked up? Or it's not for sure, for sure, but they have no. a game up on all the next teams. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I was iffy on this one. I'm not 100% sure why, but I'm going to hop on board and take the Chiefs here. Mile high, tough place to play, good defense. But um, Kansas City beat the Broncos earlier this year. And I think Drew Locke's worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Taking the Chiefs. Um, the night game on Saturday night, Saturday night, we will be watching the Dallas Cowboys head in. We will be watching the Dallas Cowboys head into Philly. Um, taking on the Eagles, Rich, we're going to go reverse order here. Rich, how do you see it going? When I first looked at this, I kind of thought, but, well, is Dallas really playing for anything? Is there a chance for them to climb? And I think there is a chance for them to climb into the three spot if it's coupled with the Tampa loss or a Rams loss. Um, and I think that's important because you look at playing the Cardinals versus playing the Niners or the Eagles in the playoffs. That's a big difference. So I think they'll be playing guys. I think they'll be trying to trying to cement themselves into a maybe even second seed. So I'll take Dallas. Dave, we're going to go with you. Dem boys, Eagles. Who do you got? Um, I I there's no quantifiable reason to say it, but when I look at this game, for some reason, I just think the Eagles are going to come out to play. And the Eagles are going to win this one. I don't know why. I just think that maybe that loss to Arizona is kind of one of those things where Dallas is still just trying to figure it out. And I think the Eagles kind of know exactly what they are. Um, I don't expect the Eagles to win a playoff game, like you said, unless there's an extreme circumstance. But I think this might be kind of their Super Bowl, unfortunately, to say. I think they'll come in, they'll they'll come in and they'll beat the Cowboys. I don't know what it is, but I had the exact same thought as you. This Cowboys offense has, has been this Cowboys offense has been lacking the last couple of weeks. I understand that in in there they put up fifty six points or something like that on the Washington, but for the most part, it's been a little lackluster. It's not what we're expecting. And like you said, I think this Eagles team is is feisty. They're competitive. They're well coached. I believe Jalen Hurts is appearing to be the guy. Um, and I, Cowboys have clinched the division. Eagles have clinched the playoff spot too. But again, seeding and stuff's very important. And I think the Eagles are going to come out to play. And I think they pull off a sneaky win here. Um, maybe we're 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 out to lunch, but that's just where my heart is telling me. Which brings us, hey, we've been watching football a long time in our lives, and every now and then a game comes along that 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 just means something more. Can I can I stop you right here? Yep. And ask you a question. Yep. Is this game a minus 10 out of out of 10? What do you mean? I mean usually when you when you talk about a game with such high regard, it's usually the worst game on the slate. So like this is a minus 10 oh. out of 10, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Hold on. No. Oh, usually a game comes along that means a little bit more. 
And this one, this one means a little bit more to me. Oh, I know what game this is. I've been waiting a long time to say this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is playing his last NFL game on Sunday in M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. And there is no fucking way I am picking anybody else other than the flock. Sizzle T-Suggs is coming back to the bank to be our legend of the game. Sizzle's made Ben's life hell for a long, long time. This is one of the best rivalries in sports. It is the true end of an era. Um, you know, it, this rivalry has been a little different since Flacco left, to be 100% honest. We've had AFC championship games. We've had showdowns. We've had just playoff clinching games. This game essentially doesn't mean anything playoff-wise for either team. But it means it, mean, it means stuff to the to the team's play. It means something. This is Ben's last game. This is the Ravens' last time to play Ben. There is just oh, I'm getting butterflies talking about this, but it is the flock. I'm taking the boys. I'm gonna take the, the Ravens as well. I think A of how close the Ravens have been to winning three of those last four. They've been really close. I think they wanna do it for sizzle they want to do it to end the year right with their fans because we know all for the ravens has been a really tough year i think also a thing for me is that i think the steelers are they're going to come off an emotional emotion it's, it's going to be an emotional dip for them because i think they were playing so high so revved ben included for his last game in heinz field i think there's kind of not a way for them to be able to regulate that back because that was the high the highest point I think they're going to dip down. And if you're going to dip down against the Ravens, you're going to be in trouble, right? Not going to make it three for three. I'm going to give Ben his win in his last game. I'm sorry, Carve. What? I'm sorry. It's okay. I kind of like it. It's usually in the car. It's football. These storylines usually happen. He'll go out on a win. They'll be like, oh, my God, are they actually going to make the playoffs? And then the Colts will win. It'll be that, and at least we didn't all pick them. So I mean, it's exactly, not cursed, right? It's that's not that's what's kind of giving me hope is that we didn't give them the uh, the uh, kiss of death here. Right. Um, I feel like I, this is the first time you picked the Ravens in a wild card. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. You know what's interesting though, <clears throat> and I think about this a lot. Ray Lewis's last game in this league. We all remember Baltimore. He's on the podium hosting the Lombardi Trophy. The last Pittsburgh legend I can think of to retire, Troy Polamalu. Maybe there's someone sooner. Troy Polamalu's last game in the NFL was in M&T Bank Stadium against the Ravens, and they lost 30-17. to The Ravens kill Steelers' Cinderella storybook endings, and I hope it happens again. But I kind of like that we didn't go three for three on that one. Moving forward, another division game, the same division. Guess the two teams. Don't have to. It's the Bengals in Cleveland taking on the Browns. Bengals. Dave? Um, I don't think Baker's not playing, so it might actually help them. I, I really hope Joe Burrow's not playing, honestly. I know we just put some starters on the COVID list, 
Um, like I said, I don't care. I don't, I couldn't care less who wins this game. I'll still watch. But I said, I picked the Bengals all year and I'm going to pick the Bengals until this show is done or until I'm dead. Right. So the Bengals, I guess. Yeah, I'll go Bengals too. There we go. Great. I can't even introduce all these with another division game because I'm pretty sure they're all division games. Yeah. Um, we have wa- <laughs> we have Washington in New York taking on the Giants. Hey, Giants, Joe Judge, you threw for a negative first down last week. I don't think you're going to throw for a positive one this week. Washington, Dave. Yeah, the Giants are too. Their Giants are too bad, which is. I mean, it's not a great endorsement of Washington, but the Giants are too bad. So it's going to be Washington. Richie? Washington, please. Yeah. All righty, moving on. We have the Bears in Minnesota taking on Rich's beloved, heartbreaking, toxic relationship of a team, the Minnesota Vikings. Rich, we'll go to you first. Where, I'm, almost where... still, I'm almost still so pissed that I don't want to take them. I'm just it's, in a really low spot as a Vikings fan right now. Yeah. We also just added uh, Eric Kendricks and three starting offensive linemen to the COVID list. So I guess just for like sake of my fanhood, I'll pick Minnesota, but I don't like it. Dave? Any I'm going to pick, pick the Bears. To be honest, sure. I think I think the I think the Bears, they're just they've been playing so hard. And they've been like I said, it's weird to say like they've been trying so hard. But I think after the Vikings had the biggest game of their season and they just got absolutely trounced, they're not really in a spot to have a rebound game. And I think the Bears will they'll just they'll just they'll sneak one out. You know what I mean? I think maybe if you fe- plays, but fields will figure it out. Like I said, the last time these two teams played, it was a pretty ugly game. I think the Bears probably learned something from it. I'll take the Bears. I think um, the only thing worse than Matt Nagy not trying at his job is Matt Nagy trying at his job. I think he is coaching for his life in his eyes. And I think that gives the Vikings a serious advantage. Um Matt Nagy's better off winning games with dumb luck than actual coaching talent. So I think the Vikings are going to win this one at home. Like I said earlier, send the, send the fans home happy. You know, hey, we know it's a tough year, a lot of close games. The only thing that will make us happy is fucking Mike Zimmer on a bus back to wherever the fuck he's from. Like, yeah, at the bottom of a quarry. <laughs> I feel like when we say he's Matt Nagy's fighting for his life, everybody everybody knows that Mike Zimmer's fighting for his life except for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a, this a guy's very oblivious. Good, like he thinks that he's the shit still. Yeah, unfortunately, line of the week was from like the the media that I heard. It was like, "Hey, coach, do you want to do you want to see Kellen Mond out there?" No, no. Why? I see him every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Zim, <laughs> that was electric. Don't um, see him in a game, Zim. Jesus yeah. Christ! And also, <laughs> I don't think throwing him in down twenty five points against the Green Bay Packers with six minutes left shows For you much. one series, and then they push on Mannion back in. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, you didn't tie the game back in one series? He's not the talent we thought he was. Uh, moving on, we have the Titans in Houston taking on the Texans here. Uh, 
Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to take the Titans. I think they don't they don't fall for another one. I think this game is a bit too important. I think. Oh yeah, Gra- I forgot. Grable's, Grable's a good enough coach. I think they'll win this game. They'll get revenge on the Houston uh, the Houston loss before and get the one seed. You should have let Carr go first. He was about to pick Houston. <laughs> I was about to pick Houston. I was like, man, they've been playing teams really. They've been low key not terrible the last month, and they're yeah, no Titans. They're playing for the number one seed. Yeah, no, they're gonna lock it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll go Titans too. But this game, however, we have the Colts in Jacksonville. You guys already know. T-Law, bring it home, baby. You were a generational QB at Clemson, one of the highest-touted prospects ever. It's time to show it. It's time to put on a show. I am not picking this for anything other than straight belief in the Jaguars. Jags, get it done. Dominate that nobody at running back, Jonathan Taylor. They're going to go all out. Josh Allen might eat Carson Wentz's head, and I'm here for it. Jags by 100. Um, I'm definitely going to go with the Colts because they're not the Jags. And that's enough of a reason to pick any team in this league, but the Colts are much better to top that. Uh, I, I can take the Colts too. I kind of have a feeling Carve is just picking the fucking Baltimore playoff scenario, but what on we'll earth see. gives you that impression? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not picking this team. I specifically, I specifically said, I'm not picking this game for anything other than belief in the Jags. Definitely has nothing to do with the fact that the Jags hold on to the Ravens 3% chance players. Um, moving on. We have the Packers in Detroit taking on the Lions. Packers, they've locked up the one seed. I don't anticipate Rodgers playing. Not with his toe, I don't think either. I don't, I don't. I feel like Devontae will sit. I feel like most of their big-name starters will sit. And like we said earlier, the Lions are feisty. The Lions play teams hard. I'm going to pick the Lions here. I just think th- this game means nothing to either team. But yeah. Rich, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit too. It's it's Green Bay's backups. I think yeah. Detroit's yeah. still better than Green Bay's backups. I think Detroit's better than Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to pick the Lions to beat Jordan Love, which is wild that somehow we're all going to pick the Lions to beat the Packers, but here we are Week 18, anything's possible. See, for all of us to pick the Lions, you two just need to be on board because odds are I've taken them. (laughs) I I think this is, I think with this pick, I think I've picked them nine times, which means I've picked the Lions to have a winning year. Don't ask me. But all right, we move on to the Jets and the Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by 16 and a half. Um, Dave's. I'm gonna start with you because you said you thought the Jets were the best bad team. Yeah, I think that, but I don't think they're better than the Bills. Okay, okay. Yeah, I th- I'm gonna pick the Bills, but I think the Jets covered. I don't think it's a 16 point loss. Are... I think maybe maybe the Jets, whatever. Like I said, the Jets cover the spread, but I think the Bills win. Are the Bills still playing for? No, they, yeah, they need the to Bills win. have. They're playing for the four, <laughs> the three or four seed, but to win their division because the the Pats have right. the same record. Right? Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, Bills. 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 Um, moving on to the Saints and the Falcons. Oh, does this game mean something for the Saints? Yeah, it does. Saints are still alive. So if the Saints win and the Niners lose. They're in? I believe they're in, yeah. Okay, well, for that reason, Sean Payton knows what's at stake. 
Sean Payton's going to get it done. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with I'll go with the Saints too. I think it's Atlanta's got Atlanta, right? Is that who we're playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Saints. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta's got nothing to play for. The Saints have everything to play for. So I'll go with the Saints. I'm going to pick Atlanta. I think they're having a better year than they even expected. I think they're going to top that off with playing spoiler for the Saints, and it's going to carry over in the next season for them. I think the Falcons. Have overachieved being seven and nine. They played some frisky games. I think they'll uh, win this one. Yep, I like it. Moving on, we have the terrible Panthers taking on the Bucks in Tampa. Um, I'm going to ask this every single time. Does this still matter for the Bucks seating? Uh see, every team's seating matters, but nobody can get the one because the Packers have it locked up. Right. Yeah, I think the only reason it matters in the NFC is because if you're going to play in the wild card round, you'd rather play the Saints, the Niners, or the Eagles than the Cardinals. Yeah, fair. Um, like we said, though, we the Panthers are just a mess. I'm going to go with the Bucks here. Same reason I'll go with the Bucks. Yep, I'll do that too. All right. Moving on, we have the Niners in SoFi taken on. The Rams, um, Niners still playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. Is Jimmy still out for this one? Is Trey Lance sure. in? Might be too early in the week to even know that. True. It's only Tuesday. Um, I think regardless, I'm going to go with the Rams here. Dave, what yeah, do you I think? Yeah, I think I'm also going to go with the Rams because we know for sure what they are and that they're still going to probably try to play for seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it is Trey Lance, like Trey Lance looks, looks like he has talent, but that's bad when you're playing a team like the Rams. Yeah. yeah. The Rams. <laughs> this kid looks all right. <laughs> yeah. Rich. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams too. They're still playing. To, they still need to, to win, to win the division. They haven't locked yeah. up that division yeah. yet. So they'll be playing their starters and, Unfortunately, I think that puts San Francisco to the playoffs. Congratulations, Dave. Uh, not in your scenario because you have them losing to Atlanta. But no, I don't. I don't. I think the Saints are met at best, and I think that the 49ers are like actually kind of okay. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I I just think that the Saints will blow it, and the 49ers will still get in and play someone tight in the playoff game. There we go. Um, next up, we have the Patriots and the Dolphins. Patriots by a million on this one for me. Uh, in Miami, I think the Patriots are a better team. Um, and yeah, you know, also might have something to do with the Ravens' playoff chances, but I do actually think the Patriots will win here. So I'm going to pick the Patriots as well. I think yes. I think this game will be a little bit closer than some people think, but I think Patriots this is the, Patriots this... minus seven right now. So. Yeah, like I could see this being a one-score game because I think the Dolphins are essentially kind of Patriots light. But he said, when you play someone versus someone who's you like, you probably the original is going to win. So I'm still picking the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to pick them too. They're playing at the same time as Buffalo do, so they're not going to know the outcome of that game. So they won't be resting starters for any reason. So I will take the Patriots too. All righty. We have the Seahawks and the Cardinals, despite what I said earlier. Seahawks offensive performance looked like they were back. They have nothing to play for except play spoiler. Cardinals still playing for the division, though. Cardinals need to win. 
Cardinals will win, in my opinion. Rich, bounce back to you. What do you got? Yeah, I can take the Cardinals on this one too. Again, they're playing at the same time as the Rams, so they're going to not be resting any starters. It'll be full go for them to try and take over that top spot in the division and get a home playoff game, but they'll get it done against Seattle. Dave, what do you got? Uh, I think just Seattle is just meh, and Arizona's a playoff team playing for playoff positioning. Maybe it won't do them any good, but I still think they'll finish with some momentum in Arizona win. There we go. All right. Now heading to the last game of the regular season that we will pick prime time. We got the Chargers in Vegas taking on the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders here. Okay. And yes, Rich was right. I might have been picking all the teams to work the Ravens into the playoffs, but God damn it. I I don't care. The Raiders will win, beat the Chargers. All of these picks will come correct. The Ravens will waltz into the playoffs and win the damn Lombardi. Dave, I pass it to you. I think this is the game I'm the least sure about, and clearly that's why they put it on Sunday night, because this is the one I've had the most trouble picking. I said it's weird you have Ann Sullivan as Derek Carr working magic and the Chargers are a team that are so inconsistent. But I think I, I I think I kind of want to see the Chargers in the playoff more than the Raiders, to be honest, unfortunately for the Ravens, just because I mean, I don't think the Raiders have a shot to beat anybody. Whereas if the matchups go the way I think they'll go, the Chargers will be the seven seed and they'll play the chiefs, the two seed. And those two games have been absolutely electric fire this year. And I want to see it again in the playoffs. So for that reason, and to put a stamp on Staley to to get the win he needs, Herbert to prove that he's a guy, I think I'm going to take, take the Chargers, but I wouldn't be surprised in any way, shape, or form if they do Charger things and blow it again. Rich? Yeah, I think this is by far the most interesting game of the day. I think if the most likely scenarios play out um, – Actually, I think in any scenario, the winner of this game makes it into the playoffs. Yeah. So that's why it's the Sunday Niner. That's why it's the most interesting. But I think the Chargers are the better team, and I hope for it because, like you said, Dave, it provides the best matchups in the playoffs. We'll have the best playoffs we can. I think the Chargers are the better team to be in the playoffs than the Raiders, so I will go with the Chargers. Only know you love her when you let her go. And you let her go. Uh, that was our predictions for the regular season finale, week 18. Man, the next time we talk NFL, the next time you guys hear us talk about NFL, we'll be talking about the loss. We will be talking about the dance. Who made it? Who didn't make it? Who deserved to make it? Who didn't deserve to make it? We'll be covering all things playoffs for sure but that wraps up this episode go like go share go subscribe tell your friends tell your grandparents tell your uncles and aunts tell your kids maybe don't tell your kids tell anyone though except for your kids uh we appreciate all the support all the listens uh really really helps go buy some merch uh links you can find us in our descriptions on our socials and our socials you can find us at the booth ec on instagram 
and Twitter. Of course, we're posting great shit daily, courtesy of our our main man, Rich, over there. He posts the graphics regardless if it's tough for him to make. Some of them... Some of them were a little daunting this week to make, but hey, he got the job done. Skull till the end, flock till the end, who day till the end. You already know. Boys, anything to say before we wrap this up before we wrap this up? It's just, I mean, when you imagine an extra week of NFL football, for me, I imagine a lot more games to be like this, this Raiders Chargers one. There's a lot of games that matter for like seeding, but it seems like for the most part, these games turned out to be like the best team versus the worst team, right? Yeah. Like that's unfortunate, but it's another week of football. It'll be interesting to see probably a lot of guys who you don't see in the regular season playing for jobs, playing to see how good they are. Exactly. Yeah. Some, yeah. some yeah. interesting things could happen, right? And then if if nothing else, hang your hat on the fact that Sunday night you get the biggest game of the year, winning you're in, losing you die the overachieving Raiders and the, the inconsistent chargers. So that'll be something interesting too, right? Win and you're in lose and you die. You heard it here first. That's the energy we're bringing in 2022. We're just, these are just the facts. These aren't opinions. These are the facts. This is what you come here for. It's the facts. Uh, but yes, appreciate all the listens. Appreciate all the support. And until next time, keep listening. We'll go with that.